Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode number 84. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and the wait is just about over. Tomorrow night, it goes down, finally, after all the weeks of buildup, with on social media, traditional media, Tom Brady finally makes his return to Gillette Stadium as the Buccaneers face the Pats, and what will be uh, um, an interesting event, to say the least. Uh, definitely not the game itself, because I can't picture us even being competitive. Um, against the uh, Buccaneers, but you know, Brady, Belichick, the whole story, all the drama that's been building up, um, the divorce and what's happened since, you know, Tom Brady went on to win a Super Bowl last year, while Belichick is, um, has struggled to say the least with this new team and this rebuild phase that they're in right now. So this podcast focuses majority on that um, matchup. Me and the homie East did chop it up last night. Um, talked about, you know, what's been happening since the divorce and whether or not Belichick needs to win a championship without Brady to solidify his place on the all-time um, great coaching ranking. Um, plus, we did uh, talk about a couple of games um, heading into this weekend, including the um, Cardinals and Rams, the battle of the unbeaten teams. Um, so we can actually get into it right now. Here it is. Enjoy. Now, the media is really, really gassing this. Like, Bucks at Patriots, obviously, Sunday primetime. And it's only right that it's primetime because the first time that Tom Brady comes back to Gillette but as a visitor. Like, has that really sunk into you yet that that's going to happen this Sunday? Um, you know, it's sunk in. Like, I think after just watching the full – and the one good thing is, like, the – a lot of the Bucks games have just been in our market, so I've been able to watch them. Like I'm still, I've been able to, I've, I've I've been able to let Tom Brady go, as it were. So it's definitely sunk in. Honestly, like I'm not even like crazy hyped for the game. Well, I really want to see it, but I'm not like nervous or anything. It's just I'm just kind of just like I'm, when it happens, it happens. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hyped for the game either because I pretty much know what the outcome is going to be. I mean, I, I don't see us winning the game, so I'm not hyped for that yep. standpoint. But it's going to be interesting to see the matchup between Belichick and Brady. You mean, like, the most accomplished duo, quarterback, coach duo in league history. Mm-hmm. To see them actually square for the first time, it, it's crazy. Now, it's funny how, like, how they're both, like, you know, working the media, kind of downplaying this event. But I think both of them really want to win this game. Or oh, absolutely. Do whatever it takes to be victorious. What do you say to that? Tom Brady's talking about it. He's, you know, he's just approaching it like any other game. Maybe that's true, but he absolutely wants to stick it to, to Belichick. No question. And Belichick absolutely wants to um, to beat Brady. Um, it's, it's very interesting because Bill Belichick, he's a really big, like, football historian, and he, like, just loves the game. He... He's definitely somebody who, like, even though he'll act like he doesn't care about his legacy, he really does care about his legacy. And Brady kind of leaving and winning a Super Bowl and the Patriots going through what they went through over the last season, I definitely think that's something that's, like, sticking in his craw and he's feeling some type of way about it. So he really wants to acquit himself well in this game. And and Brady, Brady was a six-round pick. And he still feels some type of way about that, like 20 years later when he's like the most decorated football player of all time. So these are two individuals that are super motivated, um, low-key, kind of like vindictive, and are definitely like spurred on on it. And they're about to go like head-to-head. That's going to be a crazy matchup. Yeah, man. It's it's, it's interesting how they both are like similar in the sense that with all that they accomplished – both as a coach and a quarterback, that they're still motivated. They still have that external motivation that drives them to be great at what they do. Now, keep it real, right? Mm-hmm. A, a season's passed. We're like, what, going into week four next week, right? Week four? Yeah. I'm bugging. Yeah, week four. So, looking back, hey, do you think that, in hindsight, Belichick messed up by letting Brady go, walk away from the Patriots, and be on the Bucks? No. He's not wrong for that, you think? He's not wrong for the decision making that he was doing. I will say that. Honestly, I would. I, I thought you were going to say he was wrong, but well, I, here's the thing. Here's the, here's how I look at it. Here's how I look okay. at it. Um, one, I low key kind of feel like, well, I'm I'm not. My parents aren't divorced, so 
I'm just assuming this is what it feel like. But I also I feel like I'm like the child in the divorce, and I kind of like understand where both parties are coming from. And I'm like, damn, I wish you guys could have like worked it out. But I also understand that you guys got to go your separate ways. Bill Belichick has had has been consistent his entire time. He he is very he's pretty much he has like a a very much almost like cold relationship with players while they're playing for him. And he and he likes to move on early rather than move on late. As far as him trying to move on from Brady, I don't blame him for it because in the overall sense, it makes absolute sense. Brady's Brady wanted an ex, a, a lot of like because I don't know if you heard about like Seth Wickersham's book, like he's put out like a second book that's coming out and a lot of like the more like salacious details are coming out but a lot of the the lot of the animosity started to grow between Belichick and Brady allegedly when kind of towards the like around the 2016 2017 when Brady kind of wanted an extension and he wanted that belief in Belichick and Belichick was kind of just like nah do I blame Belichick for that no you had a quarterback talking about playing till like he was 45 up and up until that point, no one had ever really like done it. And we, and if we're if we're keeping it real, look at look at what Big what Big Ben is doing for the Steelers right now. Look at what Drew Brees was for maybe the past like two or three years when, and you know Sean Payton and the the offensive playmakers around him propped him up when they probably should have moved on. I don't blame Belichick for making that decision. If you really like think about it, he was probably right. It was. It was Brady is just that one one in a hundred million that 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 was able to 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 play and de- defy the odds. Like I don't blame Belichick for that. Anybody who does is crazy. Even in hindsight, even in hindsight. No, yeah, I mean, I actually said the same sentiment with you on that because it's like I, before Brady, like what, like what? Nobody what we... else has done it. That's why I mean, and Brady. That's why Brady is that dude. Like Brady is that. He's the GOAT. He's one, he's, you know, he's that, he's that one guy that maybe you'll never see anybody like him again. But we've seen it time and time again where you, once quarterbacks hit their late 30s or definitely hit their 40s, that they're cooked. Big Ben is 39 right now. And the, literally the only reason he is starting is because he's like Big Ben. He, if he was anybody else, if he was like just a random, like no name, he wouldn't even be in the league. Yeah, I, I agree. The way they look at so far the season, you, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, like with Brady, I was saying like, what other examples have we have to reference that a quarterback at age 45 can play at an elite level? That's all Brady's doing. Like, this is unprecedented. Yeah, so he's the only Belichick, one. Of course, Belichick's going to play the numbers game and like, let me get out of this early rather than later, and then be stuck. And like, you know what I'm saying? But he wanted to get another quarterback in there that he could groom in the system. When he had Jimmy G was there, that was going to be the perfect um, successor to Tom Brady in his eyes, but that didn't work out. So yeah, I don't, I don't not Belichick at all for that decision. I, I don't like I, you know, and people are. It's kind of funny how winning kind of smooths over everything. Like all of a sudden, um, Belichick is is like a dictator. Belichick is this. Belichick is that. It's like you're y'all y'all are mad at him treating Tom Brady like he treats like everybody else. I mean, yes. Tom Brady probably deserves some some cachet, and he probably deserves some like privileges, being the player that he is and was for the Patriots um, organization. Um, but he also Brady Belichick did give him some considerations with you know like the the TB twelve um, um, center that was in in Gillette, and you know he used to let Alex Guerrero kind of have a lot of free reign around like the facility until like they started bringing in um, other players into the TB12 method and trying to do things outside of like the Patriots, like doctors. And then Bill started to feel some type of way about that. Like it's messy, but I don't, I don't blame Belichick and I don't blame Brady for like leaving. Like they both have valid points and, you know, it, it had been 20 years at that point. It's, it, it makes sense that they, they had to part ways, I guess. I mean, actually, looking back at it, it's amazing to see that, that their relationship was able to last for that long. Like, 20 years is a long time. I mean, you can compare this to a, a marriage. 
people grow tired of each other. Not everybody, of course, not everybody, but there's, there's a lot of cases where people grow tired of each other. So the, one party changes, the other doesn't like that. This is a thing. This is this is this is kind of another thing for me too. Where there's like Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. What is like something that is like almost like consistent that you see with people who, especially in sports, who are elite at that level? Like they're like maniacal. Kobe Bryant, like. I, I loved Kobe Bryant maybe after he left, like, the NBA. Mm-hmm. Could you see yourself wanting to be on the same team with somebody as demanding and maniacal as Kobe Bryant? We all, we all saw, you know, the last dance and how Jordan treated, treated like, his other players that he was with. Yep. And I definitely feel like, you know, Belichick, his coaching style is definitely more on the cold, um, um, calculated – ruthless end of the spectrum. He's not like a, a, a manager of personalities, like say like Phil Jackson was for like the Lakers, but Phil Jackson in his book, he more or less said that he, he didn't, he, he didn't like Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Brady, Brady's kind of more on the other side of the spectrum where Brady is like, he's affable and he's like friendly, but he's also like maniacal in terms of like his like regimen and how he approaches like the game. So, it made sense that those two guys, like, it, they, what did what did they think they were like doing, like holding hands and like skipping down the hall? I absolutely feel like they like they probably got on each other's nerves and didn't like each other more often than not. But they also realized that they worked well together. It's a lot. They, we've all had like, we've all had bosses and coaches or teammates that we did not necessarily like get along with because they drove us nuts, but you also, like, realize that you guys pushed each other and made each other great. Exactly. Like, you may have not liked somebody who was of a higher authority than you, but you respected them because of what they were doing to bring the best out of you and get the best out of everybody else. Absolutely. A lot, like, I was talking to some, some of my cousins today about it. Belichick is ruthless, and Belichick... I also low-key feel like he's, like, misunderstood sometimes because they always talk about how inflexible he is and maybe, like, his coaching and, like, management style, and that may be true. But people just never talk about, like, the flip side of that. Take Jamie Collins, for instance. Jamie Collins, you know, he took him out of a small school in the second round. Um, Ever since – every time he was in New England, he's looked good to great um, as an athlete. He got Jamie Collins paid. Jamie Collins has gotten a couple of free agent contracts just based off of his playing like the New England for the New England Patriots, and then kind of underwhelmed once he left, and he just got cut last week, and he's like a free agent now. Jamie Collins low key should like name low key name his name his firstborn after like Bill Belichick is off of all the millions that Belichick has made. Maybe Belichick won't pay you those millions, but he will make you look good. More often than not, so where you can, when you move on to a great another free agent deal, you're gonna get paid. You can say that about Trey Flowers, Calvin Noy. Calvin Noy was like languishing on the Detroit Lions until Bill Bill brought him into the Patriots. He played great, got himself a free agent deal in Miami. Didn't really do as well, got cut, and then came back to New England where he's like doing okay again. Like you see that time and time again with what Belichick does with players. I absolutely understand. Um, him being like a hard boss that you don't like, but he gets results and he will get the best out of you. Simple. No, yeah, exactly. Like you can't like, you got to respect Bill Belichick's resume. I know that a lot of people like, and I feel like a lot of people nowadays in, in this, in today, this era that we live in, they always root for the quote unquote little guy, like not the guy who's more like head up in the hierarchy, which is Belichick was to Brady. <laughs> So I yep. feel like that's it plays a role in why people are like are like so pro Brady now as opposed to Belichick. Um, but you gotta respect Belichick, man. Honestly, I still think whether or not you could say that who was more um who was more the reason as to the team's success, <laughs> Belichick or Brady, I still think it's 49 51 either way. Uh yeah, I mean uh, we talked about it last I, year. We talked about yeah. it like the year before. It's it's 50-50 for me. They 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 were a consistent Super Bowl contender for 20 years. 
Tom Brady, Tom Brady went to nine Super Bowls with the Patriots and won six and was basically in the AFC championship game about half the time he was in New England. To sustain that kind of excellence, you, you that's like kind of like a like like a like shooting one bullet and hit to shooting one bullet to hit another bullet out of the air like mid flight. Like it's never gonna happen again. And it took the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time being on the same team for that to happen. You we've seen it like Brady did go to like another team, but he also cherry picked the situation that he was in. Ask me how the Bucks will be in about a year to two years from now when the salary cap breaks up that team because there's probably no way it's going to last. Yeah, like, but yeah, and that's the thing. Like Brady, like, like Brady was took, like he took like such um what's the word looking for? He came up like he saw a perfect situation. All they needed was really a competent quarterback to be at least like yep. respectable, and you put him in that situation. A quarterback that's so cerebral like him, with all those offensive weapons, not to mention bringing down Grog, bringing down AB, yeah. they wanted to flock down in Tampa Bay with them. Like, there's yeah. no now. I mean, I didn't think they won a Super Bowl the first year, but it's not really crazy when you think about it. When you, uh, no, it's not we, really crazy. I will, I will say, um, we did not do a, a Super Bowl post show. Uh, I, I, I still feel some type of way about that, but because I wanted to gloat, because there was somebody who said the Bucks would win that Super Bowl who when we uh we, we did our weekly picks for that for that week. I definitely said the Patriots win that game. Uh the Bucks win that game. See anytime I I, I hear Brady, <laughs> I they say Patriots. Wait a minute, I could have we did a, a, a recap of that game. Mm-mm, we did not. You, you sure? I'm positive. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and, and look at the episode because believe sure me, I, 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 I would have been glowing that whole time. I, been like, <laughs> I told you I told you the Bucks were gonna win that game. I told you. Oh man, yeah, it, I was dead crazy, on on man, the game like, plan and everything. Dead on. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we did it. I'm pretty sure we did an episode of following nope. that game. There's no, no way that we didn't do it. Nope. I, I, I'm gonna check, and if I'm wrong, and I, I'm gonna check, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, I was wrong about the Super Bowl, like a, like, like a lot of people were. But uh-huh. now, but, but yo, it's crazy that, that he actually really pulled it off to be removed from like one of the best, the, arguably the best coach of all time in a lot of people's eyes, to go into a new situation. Um, no real offseason because of COVID, having to get integrated into a new offense, get a, get um, you know, get on rapport with new offensive weapons and everything, and to win a Super Bowl your first year, it's crazy. Now, with that being said, do you think that you probably do think that Belichick feels pressure to win another Super Bowl without Tom Brady after seeing what Brady did in his first year in Tampa Bay? But do, do you, in your eyes, do you think that he has to get it? No, I don't think he does. Um, I, I honestly, for him, I think. Right now, the way it's looking, he won't have Mac Jones cooked by the time, by the time he would. I mean, because he's he's old. I think he's the oldest coach. I no, I think Pete Carroll is older than he is. I'd have to double check, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. check right now. He's the he has the longest tenure of any head coach in the NFL. Like, how much time more time does he like really have? Um, from from what I'm looking at right now, the Patriots kind of look like a three to five year project mm. overall because he did spend a ton of money in free agency, but the Patriots were, you know, near the bottom of the league last year as an offense. And the thing with like free agency, free agency is, is something you use when you maybe need that one free agent to get you over the top. You know, if you already have like a a good roster and you add one or two pieces, those can be those two pieces to to take you to like the next level. You're not going to spend sixty million in free agency at to add players to like a bad team and then all of a sudden just like turn it around if like the players aren't there. Right now, the Patriots' offense is basically it's it's a bunch of like B level guys, and that's not that's not that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, and they had, you know, they might have some like A guys who are on like the offensive line, even though they haven't really been playing up to it this year. I think they will right the ship once Trent Brown gets in there and they don't really have a weak link. But there's no difference makers on that offense. Not and, at all. And that's on Bill. <laughs> you know, he's gotta find he's gotta find them. Hopefully will kill Harry. I don't know if he's gonna be back this week. There's been no um, information on that just yet. Hopefully, maybe him and Matt Jones can develop something. But even he is kind of—he's not like a big 
deep threat or has there's just no juice to the offense and there's really nobody who can like dictate defensive matchups so they they uh they they have they got some work to do um either if it's for like through like the draft or maybe finding some more players in like free agency but I think that's like his main thing. I don't think Belichick feels pressured to win a Super Bowl because he's won so much. He has the cachet. And it's right now, it's more about patience and developing Mac Jones for them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't feel like he really needs another Super Bowl, man. Like, he, he's done it. Now, I think that he, he has to have the patience being like respectable, like AFC contenders. That I would say he should probably. That he's gonna need to do that without Brady, at least be contenders in the AFC, which I think is not too much to ask for, and I think he can do that. You know that again. It, that's the thing when when people always keep bringing up the who was responsible for who. They they just neglect you know what's a head coach when he doesn't have a great quarterback or a really good quarterback. He's not going to be able to win much. And That's if a quarterback true. doesn't have is is handcuffed by bad coaching or like a bad roster, he can't do much either. Brady kind of has a one up right now because he was able to basically cherry pick the position that he was going to put himself in, and he walked into a situation with a whole bunch of weapons, and he knew he could get it done. Um, Belichick last season had to deal with co- with you know COVID opt outs and trying to turn over the roster because of um, all, like, the salary cap considerations. And lack he didn't of, have – Lack of weapons, well, no tight yeah, ends. Yeah, and he doesn't really have – and he doesn't have Brady to to cover up a lot of those – a lot of those blemishes anymore. So, you know, you what you're seeing is basically the Patriots, like, struggling essentially through a rebuild. And people don't want to hear that, but this is what it is. This is what it is. <laughs> I mean, can you blame people who have been just like so spoiled over the last twenty years? Absolutely, and I, it, you know, I had a conversation with somebody like online, and you know, they're like, it looks like a rebuild. And it should be like a playoff team. It's like, how? I don't know how you expect somebody, a, a rookie, to step into the to an offense that was ranked near the bottom of the league last year, and in terms of the passing game, and then just expect him to be good just because they got some like free agents. That's almost never how it works you're only really going to do that through like the draft so that's that's probably like two or three years from now it doesn't really make any sense and yeah. I, I think the 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 last rebuild kind of threw people off because there were you remember those years where the Patriots offense it's like after like Asante Samuel left the Patriots defense was absolutely god-awful because they couldn't stop anybody and um, you know, Brady Brady was playing at an elite level and the offense was putting up a bunch of points so that the Patriots were still always like in contention. And then Bill finally was like hitting on the defensive backs and loaded that defense up again to the point where they could uh, win a few more Super Bowls. But now we're kind of back in that that place where the Patriots need to rebuild, but we don't have that elite quarterback to keep our heads above water. So we're going to struggle. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are, are just like kind of picking on Mac Jones a little bit too, like too prematurely, man. Like he's a rookie. Like, what do you like a rookie starting in his first year in the NFL? Like, th- like it's gonna be this is a whole different speed. You know what I'm saying? And, and playing the pro level, you got to make decisions more more quickly. Like, you get get to act accumulated to this new environment. Like, I'm not sweating him for that. I'm yeah, not it's like that. it's 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 like really funny. I was I was one of I was seeing some like statistics where where like people were comparing Mac Jones, Mac Jones statistics through like the first three games of the season to Cam's first three games of the season in 2020. And like Max were like slightly worse. And I'm like, okay. And then like, why is it Cam starting? Um, and I'm like, well, Mac Jones is literally like three games into his pro career, and at that point, Cam Newton was like a ten-year veteran. So it's like, what? What? Like, what? Like, you you guys don't really have like reasonable expectations at all. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> that, that that that's insane. Comparing his comparing it doesn't doesn't make like any sense at all. And, and you know, right now, Mac Jones. There's there's work to be done, but there, I've definitely seen some things that that I liked 
you know, and, and right now he's on, he's 20th in QBR. He's 20th in QBR. He's doing by far bet, better than any of the other rookies. Everybody yeah, I mean, else is Justin Fields is like last. Zach Wilson, I think he's like 31st at his starting QBs, and Trevor Lawrence is like 28th. So it's like he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you. Um, right now, he can't make the offense better. We'll see what happens over time as he develops. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's gonna be fine. I think he's gonna be uh, end up being a quality QB. I'm, I, I don't I don't know about being top tier MVP like perennial MVP candidate type quarterback, but a quality QB in this league that that you could be a respectable team. With. Yeah, like that. Honestly, that's where I see his career path being. Like I see him as being like you know. If he develops and the weapons are around him, he's like a guy who will be like a pro bowler. Is he ever going to be an all pro? I don't foresee that for him, especially playing in the AFC where guys like Patrick Mahomes exists and Herbert, Herbert, um, who is another monster and Josh Allen. You know, those are kind of going to be like the guys. Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, those are going to be the guys who are going to carry the NFL into like the next era. And, I feel like Mac Jones is ceiling and like, but I also feel like he has a very good chance of getting there. He's going to be kind of like one of like a second tier kind of guy. Yeah. Ain't no shame in that. There's no shame in that. There's only a few that are like top, that are like top tier. You got like, what? you know, there, there was, there was, it's, it's kind of like, a, it's, it sucks to be him because it's like, it's basically like being like the next shooting guard after like Michael Jordan like retires. It's like <laughs> you're never gonna live up to like the hype. You never. It's not gonna. It's just, it'll just never happen. There's there's no and there's no really point in him like trying because Brady Brady is one of a kind. Yeah, man. What Brady did it can't be duplicated. Like I think people gotta come to the realization that that's just like once in a lifetime what we saw in New England. Kind of wild that that we uh, you know that we were actually around for it though because we 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 got to watch a guy who you know when we're old and maybe talking to like our grandchildren or something we could be like yeah we saw that guy back then type thing. Facts. Yeah. So uh, for the game, right? Um, now people think that Tom Brady wants to hang fifty on Belichick. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I can see thirty-eight points. I'm, I'm, what do you think? How much do you think those he'll put up on, on our defense? I think you're going to see like 30 plus points for sure. Um, the so the Patriots defense they're pretty good. They're not they're not bad by any any stretch of the imagination. But, but what I see, offense has to do the part and not put the Bucks in good field position with blunders like we did on Sunday with the Saints. If that happens, oh yeah, 38 is easy for them. Correct. Um, for me, what I'm what I'm really looking for is how well. From one, if we're talking about the Bucks' offense versus the Patriots' defense, how they're going to stop them. You know, the the Patriots they've been they haven't been great against the run. The Bucks haven't been running all that much as of late. But exactly. the Patriots, you know, the Patriots haven't been great in terms of you know yards per carry. I feel, um, but. I don't really know how they're going to match up in the passing game. I don't think they have the bodies to do it. They're really going to be feeling, you know, Stephon Gilmore being missing in this game because they don't have, they like to play man. They don't have enough bodies at corner to play man. If Antonio Brown plays, it's like, how are you going to be able to do that up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown? Brady, they're pretty, if they try to play man and try to go crazy and maybe, you know, have some concepts that attack the the Bucks like play action. They might get Brady like once or twice, but he's gonna start finding like the matchups where where the receivers are winning and he's just gonna attack it. Whoever whoever that weak link in the Patriots defense is, and most likely be maybe like Jalen Mills or like Jonathan Jones against one of those receivers, he's just gonna go at it after it again and again and again until until he scores some points. That's what Brady loves to do. Um, mm-hmm. And on the other side of the football, the Patriots generally right now, their offense is like they really want to be heavy on the run game, really heavy on the run game. The Bucks are extremely good against the run. Vita Vea has been eating people <laughs> all season long in the run game. Like he, he's nothing to mess with. Like right now, the, I think the Bucks in terms of like rush defense are like number four. 
the number four. They give up maybe 60 rush yards a game. So you pretty much can then automatically X out Damian Harris right, right off the bat. Um, but also, Loki, the, this is like a good thing because this is like, the, oh, so far, this is the worst pass defense that Mac Jones has gone up against. Todd Bowles does love to blitz, but JPP isn't playing. Um, and Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean are both out for this game, though they did sign Richard Sherman. Uh, he's he's pretty much like right off the street. He wasn't in training camp. He alleged, from what I heard, it is going to be active this week. But I don't okay, really he will be think, active. Yeah, I don't think he will be able to contribute <laughs> anything real, um, given that he just got signed and he's coming in off the street and wasn't in training camp. Like he's not, he, he doesn't have his football legs um, under him and he hasn't been hitting. So – I think, you know, I think this hopefully this can be a game where Mac Jones like redeems himself and maybe tries to attack that Bucks secondary. But for all intents and purposes, the Patriots are going to get cooked. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be bad for the Patriots. side. I, I can't I can't imagine it not being a blowout in favor of Tampa. Like you said, like their their run defense is legit. And if Harris can do anything on the ground. With James White out for the year now too, so what are we? So what are the Pats going to do? They're going to be forced to throw the ball in the air, and I don't and know. Then, I, I I don't know if Mac Jones is ready for that prime time Sunday night game with all the eyes on him because of Belichick versus Brady. Yep. How and, is he going to perform? And then it's 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 a very like. I think this is yeah. This is definitely going to be one of those games where it's like a statement game, and it's just a lot like going on. And Mac Jones is kind of just like walking into like this situation where he might be hearing he might be hearing like cheers for like Brady at that stadium because I think I feel like a, a lot of people in New England like still love him. So it's, it's just going to be a weird, weird game with a whole lot of just like gravity to it. That that um. <laughs> it's gonna be a very interesting, very interesting thing. It could be like one thing or the other. It could be somewhere. Uh, it could be a situation where Mac Jones is like maybe like a little bit um, intimidated or feel some type of way. Or I, I feel like it'll be like the other situation. Like he was like, I, I maybe you know his teammates who know Brady and have been there for a while might be feeling like weird about things. But he's just like he's new to the situation, so he's like, what what do I care? I think it'll be one or the other. Exactly. How do you feel? Like, how do you feel like Brady is going to be um, greeted Sunday in Foxborough? I think you'll you'll hear. A, I think you'll mostly hear cheers because I think I think a lot of people are like blaming Belichick. <laughs> I do. I do. You're right. I see the same thing like you do every day. Yeah, because a lot of people are like blaming Belichick, or saying Belichick, you know. Put like a crappy roster together, so that's like why Brady left, and they can't really like blame him for it. And then you have like a few people like here and there who are like, "Oh, I hate Brady. He, he betrayed us." Um, yada yada. My dad being one of them. <laughs> but I think ultimately, I think overall, I think people will be cheering for Brady. What you say? Your father blames Brady? Yeah, my dad. My dad hates the fact that Brady left. He hates it. He, oh. He's like, he's like, he, he calls he calls Tom Brady a traitor. <laughs> Literally, oh, when, um, when the when the when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, I was on the phone with my cousin, and my dad got mad because my cousin and I were like laughing about how my dad was mad that the Bucks won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's hilarious. Though. That's funny. I mean, yeah, yeah my a, dad... lot people, a lot of people share the same sentiment. A few people share the same sentiment. Like we said, I think more people are way more pro Brady in this situation in the divorce. They're like the side of Brady. Yeah, my dad is like, I think of just a lot of fans were just like, I think they, they, maybe they, I think maybe some people will like want Tom Brady to like get his, but like hope that the Bucks like lose. That's just like not going to happen. I guess that would be like the ideal scenario for me. But, um, you know, um, it's going to be good to see, you know, see my quarterback back at Gillette for like one last time playing. And then maybe the next time will be, um, hopefully, I'm hoping he doesn't feel. I think, I think he will. I don't think it's like a, a question because I know that um, Tom Brady loves Robert Kraft, 
so that um, you know he'll come back on like a one one day deal or something and retire as a Patriot. I hope Rob Gronkowski does too, because that's a thing that's also like lost. Like Rob Gronkowski is one of my favorite Patriots players of all time. I hope that um, um, he comes back to retire with um, New England as well. Oh yeah, that that'd be dope too. I think it's um. Well, I seen him listed today as doubtful for Sunday, but I can't imagine him not playing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he's gonna like show up. He he's always like banged up, but I, I think I think that's who he has somebody too. Like he he really like he, he, I think I think when it comes to I know for sure that Gronk doesn't like Belichick. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that that's that's no question. So I Gronk's know Gronk's personality. Gronk's, yeah. Gronk's personality compared to Belichick, you can see there's like that's like an instant like class right there. Yeah, uh, I think I think I think Gronk is is wants to play this game and he wants to stick it to Belichick as best as he possibly can. I don't blame him. Oh, absolutely. He he might want to stick it to him more than Brady. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like he might want to stick it to him more. Than, I, I don't think Brady. I won't say Brady doesn't, doesn't care, but I can see like Gronk wanted to do that more just because of this, how Gronk is as a personality. So you can tell that. He definitely was definitely handcuffed by Belichick. Only Belichick was trying to, like, somewhat handcuff him during the time mm-hmm. of New England. But there were still moments where his personality showed out, like, during the yeah. patch parades and everything. Yeah. yeah. You see him in public appearances. He's just, a, like, a funny guy. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. He, 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 he apps. There's no question. I, I'm not even, I'm not even entertaining the, the fact that he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to stick it to, to Belichick. That's, anybody who says that is out of their mind. He absolutely wants to, wants to put up as many points as he possibly can on uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah, ex- exactly. And again, with Brady, like coming fresh off a loss, there's, that's going to be just added motivation to get the W, which is why I just can't see us being competitive in this game. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we could um, take a break here and then talk about another game or two. For gotcha, gotcha. So uh, four five, we have the the battle of the, of the unbeaten teams: Cardinals at Rams. Um, the Rams very impressive on Sunday. That was a big statement win, especially for Matthew Stafford as well and his confidence going forward in the season, beating Tampa Bay like that. I mean, it's whew, that game. Too bad we weren't, you know, we didn't able to get together for a recap because, man, Cooper Cup was cooking those Bucks defensive backs. It was ridiculous. Now, and, let me ask you a question about Cooper Cup. I feel like he's become, like, over the years, over the past, like, two or three years, He's been more diverse as a receiver. Like he's gotten more d- diverse in the routes he runs and everything. And yeah, he's, I mean, so he's a, like yeah, he's like I don't know about him being more explosive. He's just he's more of a route runner type of guy, and he just puts guys in a blender with like great footwork. Man, he it was just he just kept getting wide open like the whole game, and it's like what are like what are the Bucks doing? It was just <laughs> like, but you know it, it's it's also. Matt Stafford, you know, he Matt Stafford, number one in the NFL and QBR, kind of pretty much like what he's do, pretty much turned out to be what we all thought that um, he would be when he when he got traded to the Rams. You know, Sean McVay, a lot of, you know, there's only so far scheme can take you if you don't have the players. So a, exactly. lot, of, a lot of what Sean McVay wanted to do was limited by Jared Goff. And now that he has – you know, Matt Stafford, sky's the limit, and there's, like, no limitation. So, you know, what Matt Stafford gives him is if the play isn't called – if the right play isn't called or if the scheme – if they're, if the defense has a play that beats that, that offensive scheme, Matt Stafford is the guy who can clean things up and make a, make a play maybe beyond what you would get out of, like, a, a normal quarterback or an average quarterback. It's it's worked out extremely well. Like it's really like impressive. They, you know, they. I I still feel ultimately that the Bucks um, are still the number one team in the NFC. But that Rams that Rams team as a whole, they're just great, man. Yeah, man. Like you said, like Cooper Cup first in the league in receptions through the first three weeks of the season, and now you see why the Rams. And McVay wanted to trade for for um for Stafford because like now they have somebody like when the defense when the offense you know 
when things like you know get like un- unfold and you got improvised, you got somebody who can hit a potential home run. Unlike golf, who needs like a perfect scheme to be ran just yep. for him to be successful. Now you see why, and now you see why people were saying once they got Matthew Stafford that a lot of people had him as Super Bowl legit Super Bowl contenders and potential Super Bowl winners of this season. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad they you know they proved to be. Um, I'm. You know, I'm I am a I'm always a diehard Patriots fan, but I definitely have like my players that that I like like to like follow, and I always hope that they do well. So like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald finally having a quarterback who can who can maybe make a play on the other side of the ball where he doesn't have to sit there and have a gazillion a gazillion sacks, even though he probably will anyway. Um, <laughs> and you know, as somebody that he, he and both Jalen Ramsey can count on. Uh, that's dope. Um, and, and, you know, I'm always for just good games to watch and be able to see good football. And, you know, being able to see, like, the the Rams and the Cardinals playing each other, like, twice a year with Stafford over there now, like, that's just going to be, like, super interesting. Oh, yeah. It's going to be dope. Uh, now, with the with the Cardinals, um, Kyler Murray, he's lighting it up right now. In magic. Season two. Kid is magic. He's magic. He, he, uh, he's special, man. Like, I mean, he's definitely in the way too early MVP conversation, clearly. Here's the he's thing. Here's the thing, though, because through, like, week three or four last year, Kyler Murray was looking really good, and then he started going up and down. So I'm ho- what I'm hoping is that he can be a bit more consistent. Um, he's just been – he's been scooting around. He makes he makes all these plays. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, it's still Cliff Kingsbury, and the offense is a great – but, you know, they have playmakers there with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and they're just making it – they're just making it work. Um, I'm hoping – I'm hoping that that can stay consistent for them. I think it's going to be an exciting game, but I definitely got the Rams winning. Yeah, I got the Rams winning too. But that that defense, I think, is going to be the turning point in the game. Yeah, they're going to put, put Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they're going to – they're – you know, Aaron Donald's going to get after Kyler Murray. They're going to be chasing him around. He's probably going to run around a lot. So he probably put together some highlight-worthy plays, I'm sure. But I don't think that they'll, it'll necessarily be be close. Yeah. Oh, you're only going to be close. Uh, you know, close close to me is within like a single score. So I, def- I think they're probably going to lose by about like ten points, ten point, thirteen points. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can see that happening. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, because that, that Rams defense is just—they they click it right now on all cylinders. I know they got a lot of pressure to win. You know, new stadium, LA, second largest market. Yeah, you you gotta like like produce in that city for the people of LA to actually take you seriously. And not, that's not and just not be passive when the Rams are on TV playing. So they made Fact. the right move by, by getting Stafford. Yeah, you know they they're trying to maximize their their window and they 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 seriously mortgage their future, but hopefully. You know, having like a quarterback like Stafford and, you know, guys like Aaron Donald and, you know, Jalen Ramsey under contract for like the, the you know, the near future will allow them to have that window open for like the next like maybe like two or three years tops and and see if they can get back into the Super Bowl and hopefully even win it. Yeah, exactly. You made a great point. Like, especially with football, like your window, you never know when that window is going to close. So they had to take advantage of this at the moment right now. And make that move. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a top ten quarterback, and honestly, probably maybe like top five. And he's been to one Super Bowl, one. Yeah, that's all you need Ex- to know. Exact, exactly. So, like, you can't waste the time of like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, you got to you got to maximize with what with the elite talent that you have at your disposal. You got to get a competent quarterback, or at least a home run hitter like Matthew Stafford. Thanks. Any, any other games you're looking forward to? Or any other matchups? I mean, we've said it before, man. That kid, Justin Herbert, man. That kid, Justin Herbert. The real deal, man. They, you know, they're playing the Raiders this week. The Raiders, surprisingly, being a really good team, really good defense. Their car playing really well. I'm interested to see what that that showdown looks like. Um, but man, it's like that's another guy I got to. Uh, Justin Herbert's another guy I got to apologize about because, and then, maybe I'm not wrong. I'm, I wasn't necessarily Wait, wrong based on based on. on the tape. Go ahead. What do you say? What do you say about Herbert? What happened? Why are you saying you got to? So pre-draft, pre-draft, I was saying okay. that that Tua should go before Herbert. I was saying I used I used to like I said it last week. I thought Tua would be a better pro than Burrow, but 
it was again it's what i told you before i was like basically what happened was i saw that kid who before he got hurt at alabama he hurt his hip it kind of like it was like two of a tug of our went to the locker room and somebody else came out because that kid's gone um but Herbert, you know, Herbert in his before the his the year before his final year at Oregon, he looked like the number one overall pick. But then he didn't really have like a great senior season. And what it's looking like now is maybe more like the 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 offensive scheme that was holding him back rather than anything he was doing himself. Because he's straight up, he's in Mahomes' class as like a overall like just athlete at the quarterback position. He's got a cannon. He he doesn't have the off-platform stuff that Patrick Mahomes has. Nobody does. Not even like Aaron Rodgers, but he's in that Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen class of what he's able to do um, when, um, you know, under center. He, there's no throw he cannot make. He He's mobile. He's accurate. That that's wild. That 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 AFC West division having the two of them going at it twice a year, and then Derek Carr looks like he's finally starting to get back towards the form that he had before um, he got injured that um, year. He was about about to win the MVP. It, it it's wild that AFC West is looking interesting. Yeah, the best division. Like to think that the Chiefs are actually in last place in that division. The Chiefs. Yep. I, think, I, think, I think that tells you all you need to know about the AFC West right there. You know, they definitely do got a nice little layup coming. Hopefully, we'll see <laughs> against the Eagles. Um, uh, but uh, that Chiefs defense has been making all the quarterbacks they play look great because um, they, you know, they bumped Chris Jones. Chris Jones is uh, a difference maker at defensive tackle. They bumped into defensive end. He has not been doing great. It's a different story when you're trying to, um, when you're trying to, when your quickness isn't as much of a an asset when you're going up against tackles rather than guards, so I don't know. We'll see if they can fix it. And Mahomes cuts downs on on some of the on some of the more bonehead plays, but yeah, that's my thing. I, I really want to see. I haven't been able to see one um, Herbert game this year yet because um, the games have been out of market. So I'm hoping that I can like figure out a way to like see something soon. You, you didn't watch the Cowboys game when they played? I did, but I didn't get to watch, like, the whole thing. I was, I was like, a little bit tied up watching so many different games at the same time. But I actually do – actually, now that you remind me, I do have that saved on my DVR. DVR so I would probably go give it a, a review and maybe see if I can get the All-22. Man, like, that, that was a game they should have won. They should be undefeated. So many errors and penalties is causing that game, man. That's when they they, they want they would want back. The show, say, people say what they want, but you know the Cowboys. Oh, they're good. Don't be wrong. Cowboys are pretty good. Cowboys it. are pretty good. They they've been in every single game. Dak Prescott is straight up an elite quarterback. They, they got a lot of a lot of playmakers on offense. They got a lot of playmakers um, on offense, and it looks like Trevon Diggs says um he was, they took him in the second round last year. So they got C.D. Lamb in the first, and then they took second. Um, a second, and they both have been really good for the team. Javon Diggs is really like developed. Javon Diggs is a little bit of like an all or nothing kind of corner sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'll like make a lot of plays, we don't get some ups. Hopefully, over time, that will decrease more towards like the positive side of things. But he's looked like really good. And Micah Parsons, man, stud, he can cover, he's great in the run game, he can rush the passer on, on, on passing downs. Like, problem. Problem. So, the Cowboys, I will say, are looking good, even though, you know, Stephen A will always talk about how they got a black cat running around that organization. Um, you know, Lyle, Lyle Collins with the whole thing with trying to bribe his, um, um, the piss ban or whatever for like his drug test. That's um, the whole thing. But so far, so good, man. Yeah, man, I can't, I can't front. When I saw them all open at night against the Bucks, I'm like, wow, like it would actually be really competitive in this game. I mean, I told you. I mean, I watched that game, and I was like, "Wow, um, Dak looks elite." Yeah, exactly. Like having after seeing that gruesome injury, I didn't think it would be look that good that quickly. A quick turnaround time for that, but mm-hmm. he's good. Um, well, yeah, I think we, we can wrap it up from here. Cool, cool. Um, you know, I will definitely be watching these games. Uh, we can um, link up next week and 
and uh, do a quick recap and then figure out how, how things are looking since we'll officially be at the uh, – well, actually, no. It's no longer the quarter poll since we got 17 games now instead of 16. Exactly, yeah. Damn. You're right. <laughs> yo, yo uh, what are you – um? what's your plan for the weekend? Um, the games. um, oh, no, actually, so, I, you know, what my friend is coming through, um, from Chicago, so we're probably just going to be, um, grabbing some food and, um, hanging out. Uh, I think there's, like, other, like, Patriots fans who are, like, all, like, meeting up, and then some folks might be going to Patriots place. I'm not sure. I'm not doing that because I know getting <laughs> over there with, like, the traffic is just going to be absolutely, like, outrageous. Um, so we'll see what happens, but, you know, I got, um, I got homeboy coming through, and um, we're just gonna go hit up some spots and maybe and maybe some bars and see what's up. Dope, yeah, man. Um, outside of the games, I really don't have anything planned that's in stone right now. Got have you have you work. gotten on that on that Squid Game like everybody else's? I, I haven't. What is that about? Do you it's, know what it's about? It's this. It's a Korean like show. It's basically about these like people who are like who volunteer to, like, play this game where, like, if you, where you, if you, like, lose, you die, but if you survive all the games and you win, you get, like, this, like, prize money or something. Oh, wow. It's very, it's really good. It's really good. It's wild. Check it out. Are you sure? Are you sure? It's good. Huh. Yes, I, I watched the whole thing in, like, like one day. <laughs> how many, um, how many episodes? Like, seven or eight, I think. Eight. Okay. I'm, eight I'm hours give it a of TV. Try. I mean, I honestly, I don't really, like... I don't really like follow what everybody else says because a lot of times the shows be trash and people say it good. But no, I'm, I'm it, was really good. it was really good. Okay. Because I see a lot of people hyping that. There's another show too I've seen people talking about that I didn't watch yet. Uh, which is called? Is it called? Uh, oh my goodness. You might know the show. People are talking about that a lot on social media. I think it's a Netflix show too. But I forget the name. It's not ringing the bell. I'm not sure. I haven't watched anything on Netflix lately. Oh, I got it. called Clickbait. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't watched it yet. I might check it out. Okay. Yeah. So I might I might do that um, this weekend. Yo, oh. real talk. If 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 one decided to go to Gillette to tailgate, right? Mm-hmm. By what time do you think they gotta be there to possibly avoid traffic? <laughs> oh, you gotta go early as fuck, man. You better go like early one o'clock, right? <laughs> yeah, go early as fuck. Like people, honestly, people are probably gonna go tailgate there the night before. They're starting like the night before, not even go to bed. I yeah, guarantee I you they will. Guarantee it. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, right. Yo, I'm at my man. My man's um uh, DJ's out there now for the um, for the tailgate parties. I think oh. it, he got he got to deal with the packs. I believe it's the packs that he tailgates out there. So mm-hmm. go early, man. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. What time is gonna go to the game? I'm, I might I might do it. All right. Uh, well, all right, man. Yo, thanks a lot, man. Again for doing this episode. Absolutely. Uh, we'll link up. Talk about the games on social media. All right. All right. Peace. All right, all right my guy. Take care. And that is a wrap for this episode. Guys, thank you for your continued support. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button as the Mr. Vincent podcast is available just about everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast at. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also keep up with me on social media as well if you like. Instagram and Twitter, at Mr. Vincent 13. Facebook fan page, Emmanuel Vincent. Um, guys, have fun enjoy the games tomorrow and if you're conflicted on who to root for tomorrow night the marquee game i feel sorry for you because i already know who i'm going for but you guys stay blessed be responsible till next time take care